It's news from heaven. Two souls can join at the chest. I mean, just how close can we get? And what is it like to connect in spirit? And specifically this series here at Off the Left that we've been looking at this particularly intimate connection that Swedenborg calls uh, marriage love or married love or conjugal love. It's where it's a soulmate thing, to use the term that the kids would be using these days. Twin flames, maybe. The idea that there's somebody perfect for you, and not just that they're perfect for you and you're perfect for them, but uh, in the afterlife, whether or not we meet them here on this earth, you get together and you can have this partnership or this joining together that is beyond what, what what's a standard for that, what Disney princess stuff. This is the connection further and further. And here we're going to talk about genuine marriage love and how it joins two people at the chest. And hopefully what this can do is whether or not you're in a relationship or you like either your relationship or whatever, this is shedding light on how life works, both things we can look forward to and how we can look at improving things in our own hearts and minds. Because before you can do any kind of joining, you got to be able to more and more start at least blocking this negativity out. Yeah, it's just good to start with that head picture. It just puts us in the state of mind. We remember that there's, there's good and bad both asking for a seat at the table, right? And we can learn how to just pull the chair back for the good stuff. This is Marriage Love 179. You got these sub numbers. Swedenborg's going on this big, long parade here of 20-something points in a row. We drop in in the middle of it. What are we going to learn? Come on. I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat here. Viewed intrinsically, genuine marriage love is a union of souls. So what is this romantic uh, apex? Union of souls. A coming together of minds. Okay, I can understand that. And an inclination in the chest and therefore in the body to join together. So there's something deep at the soul level, there's an intellectual engagement, and then it gets right down into the body, the chest, and therefore the body, to join together. And interesting that we've got this inclination in the chest, and therefore in the body. On how a union, on how it is a union of souls and a coming together of minds, C158 above, you guys can go check that out for yourselves. As for the inclination in the chest to join together, this is because the chest is like a public square or royal court, and the body like the bustling city surrounding it. The reason the chest is like a public square is that everything the soul and everything the soul and the mind channel into the body flows into the chest first. You feel it in your chest. I know when you get anxiety, feel it like here and then like a little bit right at the top of the abdomen, and when you're feeling this like. I can do this, you know, isn't that here? So it's interesting that he says that the soul and the mind uh, channel first into the chest. There's some kind of connection between our soul and our mind. He talks about the mind being the spirit, so there's a, it's not just the brain we're talking about, but there's this, this important starting point here. So this is where the starting point, and if this is the most immediate, if this is where you've got, yes, I'm going to draw this. If this is where you've got your, your initial experience, look at these two beautiful people. Aren't they perfect for each other? 
This is where you've got your initial experience, right? You've got your soul or spirit is coming here first and then spreading out. And their soul or spirit is coming here first and then sp spreading out. This is where you've got this. This is the direct, this is the mountain stream at the top of the love where everything is first coming out. These magnetize because what the soul or mind are putting in, this, the soul and the mind that are back here, this is what really needs to come together. And the body is going to help us do that. But if this is where this stuff is being made apparent, this is pulling these two things together. Ah, yeah. That was worth it. The heart and lungs are there in the chest. The heart controls the whole body through the blood, while the lungs control the whole body through the breathing. It should be obvious how the body is like the busy city surrounding them. Metaphor stands. Okay. So, what is it to be united to your soulmate? What, it, what pulls you together? Assuming that the souls and the minds of married couples are united then, and that true marriage love is what unites them. This is, this is not just it's something that makes you feel good. The function of this love is that it unites together, which I think is a distinction that's worth making. It only makes sense that this romantic union would flow into their chests and through their chests into their bodies, producing an inclination to join together. This is all the more true because marriage love channels this inclination into the external organs proper to it in order to fulfill its desired pleasures. Are we talking about sex organs here? I think so. And since since the chest is at the intersection, it is obvious why marriage love has found a place there for its own exquisite sensation. And I think not just sex, because this is something I really like about Swedenborg, is that all this spiritual stuff and all this mental stuff goes hand in hand with the body. But isn't it strange that so much of life is about our, the body and our experience of the body? I would know. I've just been you know, getting over it, luckily now, but dealing with this like horrendous uh, like reflux. I had all this stuff going on. It, my, the state of my body was absolutely crippling my ability to do life, you know? And I guess when everything's humming along, you don't really think about it, but suddenly all I'm thinking about is what's going on in my body? How do I do what's right for my body? I have to change my behavior to suit it. The, think about how much you've probably had moments in your life where you're struggling with health. Think about the struggles, but then just the, the minutia of experience. I know I've got to talk to you guys and I got to hold this pen. So I know, okay, I got to get my hand around it and pick it up. Oh, I got to lift my leg when I'm stepping over this thing. Our experience in the body is so much of the, at least the B-roll of life, if not the main focus a lot of the time. You got this thing. And it's, it's so complex. And how is it not, how are you just going to have it, but then have spirituality and God and stuff be outside of it? But the Swedenborg, they, they intersect. They're the same thing. That All this spiritual stuff come, is very interested, not just that you have a body, but in the particulars, in the organs, in the systems. This is the picture of heaven. The reason why we can unite with each other is because we have this form. The soul has the same form. The soul is not just like a... It's got the human form as well. But the, there's this particular interest in how they join. That's the love and the wisdom, the intent and then the structure. To me, you have to, any comprehensive spiritual philosophy has got to have an explanation for why the, the human experience, in the human experience, the body is so primal. Okay, that's the end of my rant that nobody asked for and, and that nobody's railing against. 
Okay. The states of mind characteristic of marriage love. So where do we get, and I'm pausing here just to say, this word here, marriage, people can have a lot of associations with that, a lot of associations with that. And they're not all good. People can think of that institution as problematic, or they think of particular marriages that are problematic. And you're talking about amplifying this, sending it out into eternity. Why? Why would a divine being want to do that? Well, let's look at, regardless of that word, Swedenborg talks about how they actually, you know, have a whole different concept of what they call even the spouses in a marriage in heaven. So what is it like? What is the core of the experience? The states of mind characteristic of marriage love are innocence, a willingness to be led by the Lord, Swedenborg calls that, peace. Okay, so we're not talking about a relationship where you're on edge and competing with each other and hassling each other. We're talking about peace. Serenity, a most profound friendship. And he'll come back to this time after time and say the core of this is not even romance. It's not even about the romance. And even the joining together, we don't get a very clear picture of that, but we can get what friendship is. That that think about a friend think about isn't it sometimes a drag when let's say you're a teenager and a, a the dysfunctional romantic relationship draws you away from your friends. And your friends have been there with you a long time and there's real kindness there, but you've got this that's just like passion, so I'm going this way. The core of this most passionate of all romantic relationships that goes forever is friendship. Friendship is what is at the heart of it. Absolute trust and the mutual desire in the soul and heart to do everything good for the other person. Okay, it's hard to argue with that. All these lead to bliss, happiness, gladness, and pleasure. And it is the eternal enjoyment of this that leads to heavenly happiness. This is a major way in which heaven is delivered, is through this soulmate relationship. And I would say, everything you've got here that comes into this marriage love is the greatest expression of the kind of love you have towards everyone. All this stuff, the, the peace and then the desire to do everything good for other people, the trust, the friendship, you have this to an extent with everyone in heaven and with everyone in the human race who will let you, when you get into heaven, right? But Swedenborg talks about in places that there's marriage loves where you really get to go as far as that love wants to go. Like, I want to spend my whole life with you. I want to do all this stuff to make you happy. Let's, let's live together. There's, a, there's that wish in every friendship we have, in every interaction in heaven, and that's good, but the marriage is where you really get to go all the way with that, and that's part of why it's such a key part of heavenly happiness. The reason all these states of mind occur in, and therefore as a result of marriage love, is that their source is the marriage of goodness and truth. And this marriage comes from the Lord. So it's not just we're going to have life and then stick this, this marriage in the middle of it. This is really just an echo of the good stuff, which is the marriage of goodness and truth in the Lord. And this marriage of goodness and truth is what the Lord is constantly trying to affect in us all the time. So if you, whether you have a relationship or not, have some goodness in your heart, and some truth in your mind, and the Lord, through life experience, through learning, through changing, through growing, is able to connect these two things, 
you just got a little more married. And actually, this whole soulmate relationship depends on each person having that marriage inside of themselves. So it's something we can touch anytime. And it's all just, this is a, yeah, a reflection of God. That's why it's cool. It is the nature of love to want to share its joy with another whom it loves deeply. Indeed, to bring joy to that individual and in so doing actually secure its own joy. How much more infinitely is this true then of the divine love the Lord has for us, whom he created as vessels capable of receiving the love and wisdom that radiate from him. So in, the, in dwelling with a partner and getting to do everything to make them happy that in a voluntary, trusting, loving way, that's actually just a mini version of what God wants to do for us. So we are paying it forward. That this is a, that what does it mean there's a marriage of love and wisdom in God? Is that how is God happy? How is God happy? How does God secure God's joy? You could think this is just when, when you do exactly what he says or when the most people worship him or, or you sacrifice or something like that. When, when God makes us happy, that's when God is happy. That is the aim of God. I know it doesn't seem like it. I know that life is hard. But it's because there's wisdom too, and that not all happiness is equal. Here it talks about wanting to bring joy, and that's how it secures its own joy. We can experience a lot of joy that does not have that element to it. We can have things that we say, oh, I want that joy, and the joy is actually joy in someone else's misery. Or it's joy that doesn't do anything good for them. It's joy that hurts myself. God can't just say, oh, you love that? I'll give it to you because that will destroy you. What God is interested in is saying, look, even if it's difficult in the short term, we've got to do, we've got to go through these things because this is going to get you into a state where you acquire a taste for this joy, which is to, to give others joy. And that is going to make you happy infinitely more so for infinitely longer. So this is why it's worth putting a little time in. So God does care about us being happy, even though it rarely seems like it based on life on earth. Since we are created for their reception, the reception of love and wisdom, men to receive wisdom and women to receive the love of a man's wisdom. Now this sentence here, we were even debating like, do you include that or not? Because it sounds like just as he's saying it offhand here, that there's love and wisdom, but men only get the wisdom side and women only get the love. So women don't have wisdom and men don't have love. That's not what, is, that what it is he talks about in other places. This is um, both, both genders have love and wisdom. This is specifically relating to a particular way in which you can connect together. So I'll leave it at that. The Lord, I'm just saying... Don't let it rub you the wrong way. It just is about, like, there's the marriage of goodness and truth. This is how this one part connects. It's not that you both, aren't both working on your own marriage of goodness and truth inside yourself. The Lord pours marriage love into us from our very core. A love into which he can impart all the blessed, joyous, pleasant, and gratifying things that can only come forth from divine love and by means of divine wisdom, along with his very life. By the way... Here you go. Here's the shirt off my back. And here's my life, if you want that. These things flow, therefore, into people in true marriage love, since only they are receptive to his divine love and wisdom. So something about 
being interested in having this devotional desire to make somebody happy and to join with them, what's the whole, what's the end game of that? It, it creates the likeness of the Lord because the Lord wants to do that to us. Having us be able to focus on someone that we can benefit, in this case, the married partner, and exercise that with them, that is, gives God the opportunity that he's looking for to s- send us everything everything that's happy and good. So there's a reason, there's always a, God, God's always got an al- good ulterior motive. Like, I'm going to get you into this. It's going to be great for both of you, but it's also going to open you up to letting me give you what I want to give you, which is total happiness, usefulness, and the ability to better and better serve the whole human race, not just the person you happen to be partnered up with. And that's the news from heaven. How'd you like it? How does it strike you? What's, uh, what's it like thinking about the marriage of goodness and truth inside yourself and this, the idea that we could hit this kind of relationship at some point and how this reflects God? There's a lot of ideas in there. I'd love to hear your feedback in the comments to see how that idea strikes you. Thank you so much for watching. I do really like getting to talk about this stuff. If you like this program, would you please support it? We are a nonprofit. I know. Hey, don't turn it off. Don't click away. Go to otle.cosvox.com. Even a little donation lets us make this very unique, I know you're not supposed to say very unique because unique means it's all the way different by itself, but I like to put that in there. Very unique programming. Uh, There's no, there's not um, corporate sponsors knocking on our door. This is you. If you guys support it, we can keep doing it. So thank you so much. Thank you for watching and uh, I'll see you very soon.